Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Tackle Dropdown presented by the Wrestle Alliance Podcast. I am your host, Agent Frost, along with my comrades, Madam B. Hello, Earthling. And Chris P. Chicken. Crispy. So today, so um, today's socially distanced card goes as advertised. We um, decided to, from now on, retire the pre-show. No more pre-show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, breaking. Yes. Yeah, so breaking news. Um, Wrestle Alliance organization LLC has decided to part ways with the pre-show. Due to financial irregularities. Effective twenty minutes ago. Effective twenty minutes ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. main card we're going to talk about NXT in your house, and then main event as always this week in wrestling. So, let's get to the main card. Let's get this ball rolling. Alright, so the main card is um, NXT TakeOver in your house, in your apartment, in your backyard, on your TV screen. <laughs> June 13th, 2021, from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Roughly 300 people. I'm sorry, it's not the... Capital Wrestling Center. Capital Wrestling Center. Thank you. Also known as C Dub C C Dub C C Dub C C Dub C. So yeah, so it's the same as the last in your house, but with people. So good, good stuff. Except for nobody went through the fucking window. No, unfortunately no. not. We ended up with somebody in the plant box, but you know. Yeah. Sorry, Chief. Oops. So let's get to the matches. We had a uh, winner takes all six. Well, we're going to skip the dark match because we didn't see it. It was dark. Serene so Zoe Stark defeated Robert Stone, the, the Robert Stone brand, Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea by pinfall. Seven minutes, 40 seconds. Okay. So winner takes all six man tag team match for the NXT North American Championship and NXT Tag Team Championships on the line. The champions Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed. Oh, sorry, wrong channel. Bronson Reed with MSK, Nash Carter, and Wesley. They defeated Legardo del Fantasma, Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza via pinfall. 13 minutes 40 seconds. This went. It seemed a little bit longer, but hey, it was. This was a very fun. Yeah, it worked. It was a very fun six-man tag match. I love the matching gear, by the way. Bronson Reed and MSK. I was wondering for you to figure that out. Unity! Not figure that out. But it's like, it it took me a minute, which is why I was, um, I didn't notice it until you guys pointed it out or somebody pointed it out on Instagram. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, they did do that. They did match. Yep. Aw. Twinsies. Yep. Matchy matchy. Got a ma- got a ma- It's basically family photo day. Right. I'm like, oh. 
So uh, Bronson Reed must love that hockey glass. I bet because he eats people in there. He went through it like I was like, oh my gosh. Like, very fun. MSK, Walking Wild Room, Mendoza have pretty good chemistry. Um, Santos Escobar was pretty good. I mean, this was very solid. In my opinion, the right team won. I give this, this was a very fun opener. I give it a 375. Great way to kick off. Um, not a lot of, um, not a lot of bad things to say about this. Um, opening match for me, this this was a good opening match. I'm giving it a 3.5. Um, if there were any hiccups, I didn't see any. Um, lots of high energy. Every move made sense. Every rest spot made sense. It was, it was very well done by everybody. It's like everyone knew how to work well with each other. And so, yeah, I'm definitely going to say, you know, 3.5. Good job, fellas. Now let's throw it to the big man in the room. Yes. You had a board just because of the Yeet Maximus. <laughs> Yeetus Maximus. That should be a shirt. More on that everybody, later. Everybody needs a good Yeet board. <laughs> I am the Yeet. Problem comes along, you must eat it. You know. <laughs> nice, nice, nice yeet. stuff. Eat it good. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I bringeth I bringeth the yeet. <laughs> Thou shall yeet. Thou shall yeet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thou shall yeet. That's a good stuff. Alright. Thou shall yeet. Thou shall yeet. Now we shall yeah. lead to the next match, which was the boring match of the night. Xia Li with Boa and Mei Ying defeated, well, well the, in the trios known as Tian Sha, defeated Mercedes Martinez by pinfall. This was so boring. This was a. I mean, it wasn't a bad match. A she had been carrying that. You mean to tell me that this was a blow off to a four year. Kind of, sort of, build up? Yeah. Seriously? It, not to mention that nobody cared. If you listen to the crowd, nobody really cared. And Bo was a, yeah, I mean, was a punk, man. Bo was useless. I think, I think the only people that I knew that were in that little entourage, whatever the hell they want to call themselves, was freaking Boa. And that's because... I'm a mark and I read shit. Well, if you're a mark, you would know that Mei Ying is Karen Q. I didn't know that was Karen Q. Until you told me. Knows that Karen Q is Karen Q. But yeah, um, Zaylee won. Mercedes Martinez tried to get revenge, and then Mei Ying would. Mei Ling, what? Or Ming Ta, or something like that. Mei Ming. She and she. Oh my, what was this afterbirth here? This post match somewhat assault. <laughs> it was a post match assault on our fences. It's like, well, so the it's thing continuing? Of it is, it's like. It, the whole thing, I guess, is 
that that character is supposed to be kind of like a mystical, almost godlike character. So, and she's always supposed to be sitting down. You know like, what this reminds me? The whole thing of mm-hmm. when your dad sits down in his chair. Like, and uh-huh. you and dad gets up. That's when everybody gets scared because dad doesn't get up once he's in his chair. Chris P. Chicken. I need you to picture in your head King Ikea from Dungeon of Doom and relate it to <laughs> Mei Ying <laughs> from Tian Sha. <laughs> Do you see the vibes I'm getting? Yeah, but I'm also thinking of the really horrible accent that he used. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, that makes Ia Lee the Taskmaster? No. I don't know. And then you got the butcher known as um, Boa. Pretty much, that's what it is. Yeah, it's the new new wannabe. It's the new wannabe group. Yeah, it was garbage, guys. I mean, the match itself was a two and a a quarter star, though. Uh Very average, but... It's it. It was boring. It, it was very boring, and in in my opinion, completely pointless. Mm-hmm. It. I think that's the thing that that bugs the crap out of me. Is like th- this whole match could have just been on an episode of NXT, and it would have been fine. Right. This was not needed. It. And I felt like, especially if it's coming from, like, there, there was some buildup to it, but not, you could tell, like, this was an afterthought match. Like, they really didn't put a lot into this. Yeah, it reminded me of a TV show match with the match and the post-match angle. Uh-huh. And it was just so weird. It was very strange. That's all. It was just very, I, I, yeah, very strange. I couldn't, couldn't really make heads or tails of it. Agreed. Heads or tails? What? Heads or tails. I got what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you. So, next match, to me, was one of the better match. Well, to me, one of the the second best match of the night for me. It was. L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes for the vacant million dollar championship in a ladder match. Um, Impact Wrestling. Clap, clap, clap. Thank you. Um, Sorry. Yeah, we know we know these guys very well in former lives as Eli Drake and Trevor Lee because we're marks when we've seen them live. So. Yep. But we never seen them square off against one another. Yeah, well, we have, but not singles. So, yeah, these two have amazing chemistry, and Cameron Grimes is over as a babyface. Which is weird. That pop he got yeah. was tremendous. Yeah, because he's always worked heel. So, it's pretty interesting to see him as a babyface, and the latter spots in here were typical latter spots. I mean, the match was making sense until they started. Doing, doing stuff and exploring as they, you know, the ladder match broke down, as they say. 
into a dick measuring contest. So, but, but for, besides the point, this was really good. There wasn't a lot of wasted high spots. Um, yeah. The, the bump that Cameron Grimes took looked good as the conclusion of the match for LA Knight to climb up the ladder and win. Uh, pretty solid ending. Have nothing really bad to say. Um, LA Knight did carry the match as a heel. Got a lot of heat on Cameron Grimes to give him a solid comeback. And um, this was pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. A uh, nice, solid four-star match for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a 3.5. Mm-hmm. They did their best for what it was, but I'm going to admit something, and I'm doing my best to not cloud my judgment go as ahead. far as this match goes. I'm not a fan of ladder matches. Okay. I'm really not. So, uh, And the reason why is because... To me, a ladder match doesn't. It may. I understand, like visually, it makes a lot of sense, but when it comes to the storytelling in the ring, there's no sense being made. It. What, what's the purpose of a ladder? What's the objective of a ladder match, gentlemen? The climb. The climb and retrieve the ultimate prize. Exactly. Well, what end up? What ends up happening in a ladder match? A lot of Yetus Maximus. A lot of Yetus Maximus, especially of ladder. So Questionable you have decisions. a ladder in your hand, and instead of opening up and using it for its intended purpose, and like either falling off of it or like fighting each other on it or whatever the case may be, you decide I'm going to use a ladder as an offensive weapon, and you're doing these setups, and it's just like just 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 climb the freaking ladder. And just you, climb the ladder. What you, are you doing? You want to know what 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 would solve that, honestly? What? How they did it back in the olden days, where they just had one ladder. Yes. If they just had one, I, la- like if this match had one ladder, it probably would have gotten a four and a half, but. With the overusage of ladders, I couldn't look away from that, like you said, because it didn't make sense. Like, you're using a ladder as an offensive weapon when a guy's already down instead of climbing and grabbing the prize. I think that's I think that's my big... Um, right. Been my big uh, thing when it comes to these ladder matches is... And I think that's... You kind of hit the nail on the head. It's the overuse of ladders. Mm-hmm. One ladder... And you beat the crow out of each other. You go in, you beat the crow out of each other. You incapacitate your opponent long enough for you to go up the ladder and, you know, do what you got to do. Right. And get the thing. That's it. Go up the ladder and get the thing. Oh, my gosh. That's why Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon had a really perfect ladder match, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong at all. It's. It's definitely, that's why a lot of people always kind of draw back to that. And I really wish they would just, and I, I'm inclined to agree. I would feel a lot better if they would just turn around and, you know, I don't know, one ladder. Just one ladder. Exactly. I mean, I go ahead. To stop. 
a ladder matches for the flippy shit kids and give it to the hosses. Because if you give a ladder match to the hosses, there isn't going to be a lot of pussyfooting around. They're going to beat the piss out of each other because they're all fucking scared of a goddamn ladder. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Lord knows that WWE is not going to want to spend the 200 some odd two three hundred dollars on a ladder that can hold a three hundred plus pounder. All right. So what would you yeah. give it, CPC? Honestly, it's a good. It was a, I liked it. It was like a solid three seven five. It was a fun match. The right person won the right title. Yep. Yeah. And. It was a fun match. I mean, if you're into your, if you're into the flippy stuff, the high flyers make you want to piss your pants, then this is the match for you. If you're like me and want to see a knockout, drag out, knuckle fight, we're gonna have to wait a few more years. True. Or it's just... gonna, it's gonna come back around. Just wait. Right. So. Next match, NXT Women's Championship in a singles match. Raquel Gonzalez defeated Ember Moon with Dakota Kai at ringside. Some shenanigans. Uh, Shati Blackheart came in to even the odds. Uh, but Raquel Gonzalez did win. This was a solid back and forth. You know, I, I would say about 3.5 to 3.75 range for me. This was a, a solid women's match for the NXT title. And yeah, Ember Moon really did well to make Raquel look good. Well, making herself look relevant. Exactly, because, like, I was just like, eh, I don't know. Because, like, Ember Moon's been out of the main event title picture for a long time. Especially since her injury, she's just been in tags. So this is, like, the first time she's been in a prominent mano e mano feud in a while. So I had I had my doubts to see how she if she could still perform the way she does and she still can. That uh, I, I will say this that springboard cutter that she hit was amazing. Yes, agreed. And the fact that Raquel picked out of that made it even scarier. Yes, um, this this match was was very well done. And speaking of a hoss fight. Would you consider this a hot spike, Crispy? Eh. It okay. Had, to me, it had hot tendencies, but it's not. Uh, to me, it's not, I can't classify it as a hot spike. All right, that's fair. It was now more of a brawl. Like if it were Raquel, say Raquel versus uh, Nia Jax or something like that. Okay. Then yeah. Be a hoss but because Ember Moon is not much of a hoss, because she's a tiny, she's a tiny competitor. Yes, that makes sense. I was just curious. I mean, all in all, regardless of the fact, it's still a wonderful match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very well done too. I'm going to go ahead and give it a four star. Uh, the return of Shotzi Blackheart, you know, throwing Dakota Kai into the plants. Uh, 
you know, the, the good back and forth between Ember Moon and Raquel, I'm not mad. I'm So I'm going to give it a four star. It came out really well. Mm-hmm. So, that's me. CPC? I already went. Did you give your rating? Did, you did you give it a rating? Yeah, I gave it a 375. Okay. Oh, okay. Alright, now we get to the main event. Which was, which was the best match in the card. Agreed. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. It was the minions who failed to beat Karrion Cross. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. Cross and his children. Little, two, little three little minions. <laughs> yes, Cross and his minions. Cross versus the minions. Um, this was a really good fatal five way. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of like triple threat matches are one thing, but when it comes to fatal four ways, fatal five ways, and six mans, it can be very convoluted. So I'm just like, uh, I don't want the tripe of having everybody out of the ring where it's just only two men fighting which has happened in this case, but you actually had people brawling outside instead of playing dead, so that's fine. Um, Gargano obviously played chicken chicken crap heel. Um, freaking Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne were, were the workhorses. They were the workhorses. They work well together. I would love to see that feud after the whole Adam Cole thing is done. Um, Adam Cole got his stuff in. He looked pretty solid. Um, Karrion Cross picked his spots, as big man should. And he was made to look like a monster. People kept taking him out so they have a better chance, which is great psychology. You know, chopping down the, chopping down the big, chopping down the big redwood. But it's also somewhat traditional because we've seen it so many times. It's almost formulaic. Same thing happened with Strowman, because he won money in the bank. Same thing happened with Lashley, he won the title. And guess what happened? Cross what won. Happened? Cross won, but not in the way you think. Because Adam Cole was so close to tapping out if it wasn't for carrying Cross getting him into the straitjacket. Yes, that's true. Because he choked out Kyle O'Reilly, which was a solid ending to a four and a quarter star match. Very true. I I agree with you, Frosty, about the five way because it, it can get very convoluted very quickly. And there have been a couple times where I've seen it and I'm like, is it possible? Because usually when you get into you know more than three people, there's gonna be tennis interruptus yeah so much or to a point where it's just like you started we started to get annoyed Mm -hmm. (laughs) a couple times during this match of like how many pin attempts or uh submission attempts is this gonna go and i think we we even did the as a joke because what happens when marks get bored we start riffing on these matches and we just made we just started doing the riff of carrying Cross as the dad, and he's having to take his 
four kids home from soccer practice and they're all arguing in the back seat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I said sit down. Not to mention Adam Cole's uh, leg slap city. Oh God! Don't. Uh, hit, ah. Between him and Pentagon, at, at least with a, at least with Pentagon, he does it quick so he can't see it. Yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly rarely slaps his leg because his kicks always look good. Adam Cole, man, you need, seriously, bro. Stop. Yeah, stop. Stop beating your hammies like it, uh, like they owe you money. Just stop that. Goodness. Say what? It was, he probably hit them so hard because they probably do owe him money. I don't know. <laughs> Alright. Um, rating and thoughts, guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and rate this at a 4.5. It majority of it makes sense. It was very well done. The ending was very good. Um, Johnny Gargano playing the excellent chicken poo heel. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne were the beasts of this. I really hope that they have a, a feud one day that ends up in a title push. I would really like that. If they turn around and make them a tag team, I will, I, I'm not sure what I will do. Because yeah. um, let's face it, WWE has a habit of that. And... I, I also want to say, Johnny Gargano, I like the ways um, owed to pass in your houses. I, I like how they cosplayed that with Johnny Gargano as HP, as HPK, Austin Theory as Diesel, um, Candace as the 123 Kid, and Indy as Razor Ramon. I thought that was very well done. It was very touching. Cute yeah, tribute. Nice stuff. And so, yeah, I, I'm not angry. <laughs> I, I would have rated it a little bit more if Johnny Gargano turned around and, and hit the Shawn Michaels post just once. But he didn't hit it. And I'm like, okay. No, that'll be blatant. I'll fucking feel like if you attempted to do that. I know. You, you would have lowered it if he did it. <laughs> you yeah. probably would have lowered his rating. I give it a four and a half as well. Um, Carrion did a great job. I don't think that he picked his spots as a big man. I think he picked his spots as the champion. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because you look at other Fatal Four Ways or Fatal Five Ways, even the the champions are the ones who are picking their spots because they're like, you know what, I'm going to roll out let you motherfuckers fight. And I'm just gonna sit here and enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. As is tradition. It all works. Yep. Exactly. So all in all, this show was pretty solid. I did like the throwback to the freaking um, what is it? Not sockum boppers. It was like the robot things. The toy. Off, they were uh, the rockin' robots. Rockin' robots with uh, him and with um, Todd Pettingill and Dexter Loomis. I did like um, Michael P.S. Hedges coming back as Doc Hendricks for the opening. 
Um, solid. So if you guys don't know about the old school in your house pay-per-views from 95 to 99, I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, all in all, I give this show a solid A-. I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid A-. Plus, there, you know, despite the fact um, that the one women's match wasn't very good, but I appreciate the, but I will give extra credit uh, to the way for their their cosplay tribute, and also the fact that you know everyone else that despite everything, everyone performed their butts off. There wasn't a a real like lazy moment in the show and it went, it turned out well so I'm not angry yeah it's hilarious that AEW and NXT have, have crowds before Raw and Smackdown does and I think the crowd and I think the crowd really did help yes definitely I mean let's face it NXT and AEW are all in one location Whereas Raw and SmackDown travel. Not to mention, I think NXT and AEW are crowd-based. Well, so I, I think everything, all the main roster stuff. I mean, with main Raw rosters, SmackDown. they can get away with it. I'm sorry to cut you off. They can get away with it because they can always pipe in chance and it may seem like a big freaking deal. I mean, they did it for SmackDown for years until we caught on with it. But for NXT, uh-huh. but for NXT and AEW, especially NXT, where the place is very small, that crowd has to be raucous. Yeah. But what's your uh, what's your letter grade, uh, crispy chicken? I give it a solid A plus. All right. A typical takeover. Mm-hmm imagination yep alright so before we head off to the main event we got superstar shout outs with your host Madam B thank you thank you and first and foremost we gotta give shout outs um, right up top to uh, Miss Renee Paquette and Miss Brandy Rhodes they have both delivered their daughters so we've got Yep, so we've got uh, Miss Nora uh, Good on the in the Moxley side of things. And we got Liberty Iris Reynolds. Wow. So I'm I'm really so far I'm I'm just interested in seeing how these girls grow up. It's gonna be interesting, it's gonna be fun, especially seeing Cody and Mox become parent become dads. It's and of course what a great weekend. Um, because we are celebrating Father's, um, yeah, fun fact, guys, we are recording this on Father's Day. Yeah. So, so let's acknowledge some other dads. Um, shout outs to Seth Rollins, um, also a dad. Shout outs to Roman Reigns. Shout outs to Roman Reigns. Shout outs to shout out. Shout outs to Mick shout Foley. Shout outs to Titus Worldwide. Titus Worldwide. Um, shout outs to Mick Foley. Yes. The Dustin Rhodes. Dustin yes. Rhodes. Shout outs to Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, girl dad. Shout outs to the Usos. Um, oh yeah, shout outs to the Usos. Um, um, also, we gotta. I'll make it easier. Shout outs to the Anointing family. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I every single one of the males in that family had kids. Shout out Pretty to, much. I was about to say, we're going to give a shout out to Ray Mysterio later on. Um, oh, most definitely. Ron, Ron, Ron. Uh, yeah. Shout outs to Mark Henry. And a special shout out in uh, heaven to uh, Mr. John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. Agreed. Yes. What's the Kane? Yes. Kane, take, uh, Undertaker, Brothers of Destruction in general. Yes. Shout outs to shout outs to Randy Orton. Randy. Randy King. Uh, shout outs to Bray. Shout outs yeah. to uh, who else who else is a shout outs to Shinsuke. Uh-huh. And surfboard loving dad. Right. Hey, you gotta have a surfboard loving rocker dad. And of course, shout outs to our very own Chris P. Chicken. He is a yes. father. He's a he's a father of our uh, he's a, the doggo dad to our cuddle tag team champions Blake and Murphy here. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Getting my, you're also getting my son. Uh yes, and your son, uh, Tater Tot. So and of course we can't forget our usual suspects, uh, neighborhood boogeyman and also all around good, uh, all around good dad, uh, Zachy Monstar. <laughs> uh, yes. The Reverend of Sin, Rob Ryzen. Check out his new shirt in his merch store. The Heels of the War Room, Russell Review Society, especially Heel Kevin and Heel Josh. A-Rock Designs, gotta love that Tumblr life. Go check him out on Facebook. Oh, hold up. Also, shout-outs and Happy Father's Day to Chef. Yes! Heel Team 6 Chef! Sorry about that, almost forgot. Uh, let's see. Going down the going down the list here, we got Alice of Queen of the Ring, the op, the uh, father of the optimistic army, Christian Miracle, the triple dub daddy, uh, Brian Zane. Happy Father's the Day, boy, Brian Zane. Yep, the boy, uh, the the big daddies of the deadlock of deadlock, Johnny, Sam Poults, Tony Pizza Guy. Happy da- Father's Day to uh, Tony. Yes. Uh, Aaron T. Bar Rift of No DQ. Yeah. <laughs> um, New Legacy Inc. Um, Mafu of the R.I.P. Botchamania. The Lads of OSW, J. Hunter, V1, and OOC. Yep. Happy Father's Day, V1. Yes, Happy Father's Day, V1. And then, of course, we can't forget the Figure 4 online family. Brian Alvarez, Vincent Verheid, Mike Sebervivi, Craig, and Granny. Happy Father's Day to all of them except for Granny, who, you know, we celebrated Mother's Day last month, so. Yeah. We have a big, we have the biggest shout out. Yes. To Senior Referee of ARW, Matthew Bowman, happy 21st birthday. Yay, happy birthday, Zebra Boy. Wow, 21. Yeah, right? Y'all remember being 21? No. <laughs> then you did it correctly. All right. <laughs> I don't remember 21, 21 plus 1, or plus 2. Yeah. Uh, I, it was so long ago, I barely remember. Oh, and uh, definitely shout-outs to Up, Up, Down, Down, and Happy Father's Day to Xavier Woods. Oh, yeah. 
happy Father's Day to Joaquin Wilde because I think he's celebrating his first one with his little girl. Mm-hmm. Happy Father's Day to Leo Rush, Kofi Kingston, Robert Roode, you know, all the, mm-hmm. fa- all the fathers out there. Yep. Thanks, guys. For, thanks, fellas, for all you do. And for the single moms who want to try and claim Father's Day, you had your holiday last month, and you're loved all year round anyway. So, Exactly. There, there you go. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the main event of the evening. Stay tuned. Welcome to the main event, guys. We are going to discuss what happened this week in wrestling. Wrestling. So, MLW has been taking uh, a lot of its a lot of their content has been coming off of YouTube because I think their streaming provider they're they're trying they're trying to work a deal. With uh, some sort, with another streaming service or TV program or whatever, and in my so that's one thing. Not to mention, they also have their draft that they're doing with Alicia too. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, they're they're doing the draft with Alicia too, and I think I think MLW's on Fight TV, if I remember. I think so. Same with NWA. Yeah. Who, a but, lot of a lot of the wrestling sir a lot of uh, wrestling promotions are moving away from YouTube. Yep. Now. The demonetization. Thank hey. you. Yep. Hooray for demonetization. <laughs> so, um, let's get into NXT. So NXT was in chaos. Um, at post show of. In your house, William Regal was in tears, saying that he something needs to change. So, he, this is what he was re- uh, foreshadowing. He admitted that he's lost control of the brand. He needed to make a change. He was set to open a show with a massive announcement, right? Yeah. Uh, which included um, tag team matches with Tommaso and Timothy Thatcher in a tornado tag team match against Zach Gibson and James Drake. Yeah. LA Knight will be crowned as the fifth man to ever held the million dollar championship. So this whole pl- so this uh, has a pretty stacked night here. So he walked out, talked about the his his history in NXT. And he decided that he was no longer capable of working as general manager. Out comes Karrion Cross to interrupt. He demanded that Regal step down and give him power. And he was not... Which makes zero sense. Yep. And then, a wild Samoa Joe appeared. <laughs> Biggest pop I've heard in a while. Yes. And Regal offered the job to Joe. He said, absolutely not. Um, he respect he respects him too much to take the role, but he wanted to make sure that Regal gets the respect that he deserves. So yes, Samoa Joe is now the enforcer. Can't touch anybody unless he's provoked, a la Stone Cold 2003. Uh, he was extremely provoked later on. Yeah, by uh, yes. I mean the stare downs he had with Cross and Pete Dunne, and he got provoked by Adam Cole and he choked him out. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's good. It's good to have that. That that was great to see Joe back. And for those wondering if Joe's going to be in competition, that was one of two conditions that he would not be allowed to compete. So sorry, guys, you're not, not going to see him really compete. And I don't think he's cleared to compete. Am I am I correct in that? I think so. I'm not. We what? We, that's the rumor. We're not really sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense, or maybe this is one of those tester roles, if you will, just to see how he, you know, like, put him in in a situation, see how he does, and maybe only allow him to compete every once in a while as, like, a special event or something. Yep, because apparently we're not, sorry to cut you off, apparently... We were not the only ones that were dumbfounded and pissed that Joe got released. Triple H was mad that Joe got released. As he fucking should be. Like, I'm sorry, Triple Hunter turned around. He stuck his neck out for Joe in a lot of ways. So I would understand if he got pissed. Yeah. And Samoa Joe and Sheamus. The boys of Triple H. Yes. Go ahead, CPC. He, according to Ringside News, Melt and Meltzer, he is not cleared. But we do know what happened. Um, Joe was injured while filming the or filming that must be Monday commercial. Uh-huh. Oh. For Raw, he got a concussion. And then he briefly returned and was injured. He was given a stint. Obviously, it's the raw announcers. Uh, Meltzer made it very clear on the Wrestling Observer Radio that Samoa Joe is very likely not compared, uh, cleared to compete. That being said, no other company would really use him as a wrestler either. So it might play into why he's coming back to NXT. Actually, if there was anybody, if he... He's like Daniel Bryan and really can't wrestle much anymore due to concussions. Um, I could honestly see him as the next. Uh, the next William Regal. Yeah, agreed. I I I third that motion. Yep. So. I mean, although I mean, if if that if that wouldn't have happened, he would have been great in Ring of Honor. As the yeah, GM of, of the GM of ROH, yeah. Um, so you had Brizongo defeat the Imperium. The Imperium are getting buried. Like, they lose, and then they attack them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, it, it's, it, 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 both of those teams are turning into freaking throwaway matches now. It's like, oh, everyone else is tired from the pay-per-view? Okay, Brizongo, Imperium, go. Go <laughs> do a thing. Well, the thing about Brizongo is that, let's face it, they're... They're the old guys on the roster. True. Uh, they, they were there since FCW days. Yeah. Since uh, My, Mike Dalton and uh, Johnny Curtis. For all you yeah. marks. For all you youngins out there. They're the, they're looking at it this way. They're also the only tag team in NXT that has actually done something on the main roster. That's true. They haven't won uh, any main roster titles. They don't need to. Okay. They're kind of turning into like the Roddy, the Roddy Piper of tag teams. 
I guess I I guess so. That's that's a pretty interesting uh, take on that. Let's look at them individually. Okay. Breezy is a former NXT World Champion. No, he isn't. I could have sworn Breeze won the title. No. Nope. No. Maybe FCW, maybe, but not NXT. Uh, well, okay, then I retract that statement. <laughs> but he's... And then his tag team partner arguably has the greatest upset in WrestleMania history. Yep. True. Very true. Which was and eight years ago. That very first main roster match. Eight years ago. Good grief. Wow. And he was like 31 uh, at that time. Yeah, he was... He And the fact that he upset Jericho nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they go on to be, I want to say, a multi-tag team champion. Multi-time tag team champion. Who? Brizongo. No, that... Brizongo, you mean. Brizongo won... Brizongo only won the titles once, and that was in NXT. And that was recent. Um... Yeah, Kushida defeated Baxter to retain the NXT Cruiserweight Championship in a solid match. Then we have one of the se- the best segment of the night here, right? La uh, Ted Ted DiBiase set the stage for La Knight's entrance, and he put over how he put over Ted DiBiase huge. He's like, oh, I, we ha- you know. Um, we had people wanted to play as the Million Dollar Man. You know, you you were my favorites of all time. And they both, like, exchanged laughs. And then suddenly, L.A. Knight just decked DiBiase with the right hand. And this is the first time I can recall Ted DiBiase, a 65-year-old man, by the way, taking a bump for the first time in years. And a very well-done well bump, I should say. Yeah. And then Cameron Grimes tried to make the save. So, uh, yeah, Cameron Grimes is babyface, everybody. Yeah. So this was a um, really good heat for L.A. Knight. Oh, yeah. Way to make, way to make him uh, come about. And uh, it, it definitely solidified... Knight as a good heel and also a good turning point for Cameron Grimes who who had been playing the heel for a little bit but now is you know come to the aid of the million dollar man oh, it was cute it was it was well done mm-hmm. yeah Gonzalez and Dakota Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeating Katanzaro and uh, Caden Carter in a pretty solid tag team women's match yep you have um, Io Shirai walking out, announcing who she wanted next. Candice LeRae stopped her, saying it's back back to the line for you. And then Indy Hartwell attacked her, and out came Zoe Stark to even the odds. Yep. And to close out the show, you had a very solid 
match up between like these guys hit these guys are very stiff by the way um Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher taking on the grizzled young veterans let the stussing begin agreed (laughs) (laughs) like if Ciampa and Thatcher don't become tag team champions by the end of the year something's wrong which I'm which I'm very happy about and I'm kind of hoping that um um yeah um that should be on a shirt you got the grizzled young veterans against the grizzled old veterans yeah what do you what do you think CPC um oh me or big guy the big guy that should have been on a pay-per-view. Agreed. Yeah, go out yeah. and watch this match if you guys have time. But yeah, all in all, uh, a solid post, uh, a solid uh, Fallout show. Yeah. Um, nice to see Samoa Joe back. Had a solid main event and a um, pretty, pretty good segment with LA Knight and Ted DiBiase. Oh yeah, it's like everybody got what they wanted out of this show, so it worked out. It worked out well. It's definitely a good um, way to build something up going into SummerSlam season. Yeah. Is that the right thing to say? SummerSlam, which is happening on my birthday, August twenty-first, on a Saturday. Probably trying to. Uh, I don't. I don't know why it's on a Saturday. I guess it's because of everything happening on that 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 day in Vegas. Because they have the fight going on, and yeah. There, there's a lot. There's a lot going on that night. <laughs> I forgot. Um, look it up oh. when you... Yeah, I was about to say... Uh, <clears throat> look it up if you have the time, guys. I, I don't remember the fight name. Let's scroll over to Impact, because there's some, some news. As... Um, Kenny Omega defeated Moose via shenanigans at Daly's place to retain the Impact World Championship, which leaves one guy left for Slammiversary. The draw, Sammy Callahan. A wild Sammy Callahan. Somebody else got fired. What? We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. You're a little ahead of the game, babe. Pump the brake. <laughs> TJ, yeah, TJP took on Black Taurus. You had uh, Josh Alexander defeating Madman Fulton. Josh Alexander also on New Japan Strong, along with the Good Brothers. Yes, if you cared. <laughs> I, I don't. Yep. Uh, oh, somebody debuted, and I kind of called this, but if you guys have watched the vignettes, you would know. Uh, Steve Macklin, the former Steve Cutler. Uh-huh. Yep, he defeated uh, Jason Page. Solid debut. He changed up his look a little bit. Mainly his face. Yeah, mainly his face. You had Tennille Dashwood defeated Rachel Ellering in a decent women's match. And um, let's see. This match, and then there's like a feud going on with Ko, uh, Satoshi Kojima and Rhino. 
They faced off. Kojima did win. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Violent by Design was hanging around the ring. Eric Young, Cody Diener, and Joey Doring. And Sammy, and here's the uh, the major news here. Sammy Callahan appeared in the ring. This is shout to Bleach Report, by the way. Appeared in the ring, called out those responsible for him being fired at against all odds. EVP, because he got fired. EVP Scott Demore warned Callahan that he was doing exactly what Don Callis wanted, proving his point that he was too out of control. Go figure. Tommy, yeah, right? Tommy Dreamer then revealed himself to be the Anthem executive. They're doing this again. Yes. It yes, didn't work yes. with Mick Foley, and it's not going to work with Tommy Dreamer. I'm telling you. And speaking of, you remember the long-running joke of, of how a lot of older wrestlers are looking like a bunch of dads that are just trying to get their life together? Yeah. Sorry, Tommy. Um. <laughs> I need to get his act together. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> dude, what the frick was going on with your hair, Tommy? He reinstated Callahan. And uh, he then proceeded to fire Don Callis as one of the EVPs of the company. So, all, now, which is good news for Impact, bad news for AW. Go ahead, CPC. Because he was quote unquote putting his nephew before the uh, before the likes of the company. Hashtag nephewtism. Now, uh, weird question. Yep. Is Kenny Omega really his nephew, or is that just kayfabe? I think that's kayfabe. Um, Don Callis that's knew. Don Callis knew Omega's father. Ah, so it might as well be his nephew. And they and he also has relation to his uncle, the um well they, they, he also knew Kenny Omega's uncle the Golden Sheik. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I was just I was just sitting there going like, wait a minute, these two are related. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have a Golden Sheik and an Iron Sheik. What about silver and copper? Yeah. Right. Or would that be too far on the nose? Yep. So yes, um, this is setting up Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary, which we will be predicting as part of the big two for Impact Wrestling. Yep, that's the rule. Yep. So, it was a blast show, but interesting segment to close out. Yes. And also, see Don Callis get fired, uh, especially with all all his bull crap that he had been on. It kind of made sense. It made me feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Call me nuts. But anyway. And last but certainly not least, let's get to AEW's Dino Marsh. Uh-huh. Friday night, Dino Marsh. It's Friday night. You know what that means? Yes. The fact that Cody Rhodes was there the same day he gave his wife gave birth to their daughter. Yeah. So, she probably made him go. Probably. <laughs> um, let's see. They open it off with a bang, guys. Uh-huh. Like, legit. They they started off with the cage fight. Jake Hager versus Wardlow. 
and they did their best to make this legitimate too, especially with um, Justin Roberts being the um, the fake Bruce Buffer in this. <laughs> it was so weird to watch, though. But for but for a guy who watches UFC as I did, thank you, Spike TV. Um, yeah, because if it wasn't for me watching uh, Impact's formerly known as TNA on Spike TV, I would have never discovered UFC because it'll always come afterwards. It'll be UFC Undisputed. Um, but yeah, the presentation was nice. I did like the... I did like having Taz on commentary because he does have that amateur wrestling style background so he can't... So that his insight was really good. Um, you can tell it was semi-kayfabe. Because Wardlow still doesn't know how to punch, but they insinu- yes. but they insinuated that as one of his weaknesses, so he started grappling, and Jake Hagar played the role as striker in this. So, honestly, they did the best they could with this. It it respected MMA in that way. Um, but yeah, War- but it just shows you how green Wardlow was. <laughs> The suplex, the judo throws, the that wasn't that that to me was okay. The 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 freaking um, springboard punch from the cage and the freaking her for goodness sake, Wardlow, the hurricane yeah, rana. Right. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. For crying out fucking loud. <laughs> We're definitely putting that, we're going to put that on a shirt, we're going to put that on stickers, we're going to put that on, uh, we're going to make pop sockets. Yes. I don't care how we have to. You're not Luchasaurus, it doesn't make sense for you to do that. Yes, just don't, it's okay, you don't have to, it's fine. Uh, I mean, he's not a lightweight, you're not three inches, you're only three inches shorter than Jake Hager, you can definitely just clothesline him. This was average execution. Yes, thank you. Thank you for saying it because I was having a hard time trying to figure out how to say it without sounding insensitive. This was average execution. Um, Like I said, they did the best they could with this. Um, Post-match was even better because Jake Hagar tried to shake Wardlow's hand. Wardlow was hesitating a little bit until Sean Spears attacked. And then... Jericho came in, and then Warlow attacked Jericho. They didn't touch... Notice how Hager didn't touch Warlow, and Warlow didn't touch Hager after that match. Mutual respect? Tension? Or something else? 
in the background. Right, and then um, what was it? MJF tried to get in on the action, and out came Dean freaking Malenko. Yes. <laughs> Holy crap! A sixty-year-old man. Yep, and and the only thing I can think of is that they went out of their way to say Dean Malenko has had is Parkinson's disease. Yeah, that he has Parkinson's. First of all, didn't know that he had Parkinson's. Um. Secondly, if I was Dean Malenko, I would be Fifty Shades of pissed off at um the commentary team for having to point that out. Well, I'm pretty sure he's kind of... I'm pretty sure he d- didn't mind them saying that. Especially especially coming from Jim Ross, who's always respectful for the most part. Um, I mean, I've, I mean, it was obvious. It, to me, there's been scenes of him where it was obvious that he had Parkinson's. I mean, Crispy, yeah. CPC did announce it on our podcast a couple months ago. Um, MJF punching him was instant heel heat for me because you're punching a guy with a severe illness. Yeah. So. Well, not just. It's also Team fucking Malenko. Right. One of the legends in the business. Yeah. So. so uh, yeah, that's true. But I think the thing that just drives. But it just drives me crazy. Um. Is it safe to say at this point with MJF that he's starting to get go away heat with me? <laughs> In the sense of him being part of the stable, yes. On his own, he's great. But if you surround him with guys, I think it tarnishes him a lot more. Because we've seen him with the inner circle. And we're like, okay, let's just blow this off. Now yeah, he's with... Let it go. And it's like, oh, I thought he was going to take over the inner circle. And Jericho is going to come back as a face. Now he has his own squad. And it's just like, can we just stop already? Yeah, it's like, let it the fuck go. I, I'm just, I'm so, I, it's to a point where it's almost like, I don't mind if you're a heel and, you know, because the, the, the thing that I'm constantly uh, thinking, I'm reminded of is, uh, there's a quote and I'm not sure who said it, but it's um, the the enemy, the bad guy doesn't think he's the bad guy in the story. Mm-hmm. The bad but, guy feels like he's justified. Yeah. I do not see the justification for MJF just going out of his way to do bad shit. Does I mean, now it just seems like he's just literally going out of his way just to do something terrible, and it, it's it's so repugnant to me at this point. There's no method to his madness anymore. Yes, exactly, exactly. There's no excuse me, sorry. Uh, there's definitely no there's no method to the madness. He's just a, he's just a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. Yeah. Dang it, Jericho, you've done it again. Um, 
Darby Allen taking on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in a handicap match. We all knew where this is going. But Darby Allen did did have a pretty good fight, you know. Especially um, zip-tying uh, Ethan Page's um, legs for the hope spot. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see. Yes, it was It was different. Um, it wasn't a burial. No. And that was good. No, there were definitely some moments there. And you had Orange Cassie taking on Cesar Bononi of the of the Wingmen crew, also no, another faction. And I'm gonna get to the which gives me a great idea for the one final note for this main event. This match was pretty average, to say the least. Orange Cassidy did win. You have yeah. Cody Rhodes. And Brock Anderson taking on QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Brock Anderson had like a train going with those freaking shoulder barges to the post. Like that was pretty interesting to see. That was my favorite spot. Plus the uh, spine buster that QT did to Brock and looked right at Arn. I like that spot. Um, Cody. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're- Buster with below average, so. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, um, Brock Anderson does is still green as grass. He needs some training. I think he needs to fill out more. Like he's at, he has a weird body type. He either needs to fill out more like his dad, or get fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. His body's just too abnormal for me. Like he's like he he's not he looks big but he's not big. <laughs> he, so you have to go one way or the other. But you know, give him time. For you know, he did basic stuff. Um, and notice how I did not even talk about Cody Rhodes because he was forgettable for the most part, <laughs> except you know the finish of the match. Um, Kenny Omega. And uh, approach Jungle Boy. You know, try to give him one fair shot. Try to beat him up backstage. They they dipped, left Michael Nakazawa. Naka. Not a problem. Yep. You had Penelope Ford defeated Julia Hart in the only women's match of the night. And if this is the only one, like, if you, if you told me that the only women's match of the night was Julia Hart and Penelope Ford, I'd be like, are you crazy? <laughs> this match belonged on Dark. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's like you couldn't even get the champion to show up. Like, Pen- on, Penel- like Penelope Ford is a basic wrestler, and Julia Hart is still green. So why not have this on Dark? Why not so Why I mean, not? Why not I, have I, Nyla... I right, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Why not have Nyla Rose destroy Julia Hart in a squash match? Because, I don't know, Nyla Rose flipped over the burgers. She's mad at Britt Baker. So you want to, you know, put some put some more heat on that flame. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, and it's... And it may be time to start building her up again as well. Yeah. Just... Penelope Ford, I just feel like... 
she just needs to go away. Like, if this was 2000 and, I don't know, 2004, she'd fit in well. In fact, we would probably even go as far as to consider her athletic. But it's not 2004. So this if, is the year of our Lord, 2021, and... So you're saying she what belongs... What are you doing? So you're saying she belongs in the Divas division. I could easily see her as being part of the beautiful people. Let's put it like that. Good lord. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot. I know I'm probably going to get hate for saying that, but come on, let's be honest. If you were to look at the beautiful people strictly from a wrestling standpoint, they are basic at best. Well, with the exception of one. And who is that? Madison Rain. Oh, I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> I mean, with you. I mean, well, I, I mean, if, the time when I talk about the beautiful people, I'm talking Lacey Von Erich, Golden oh Sky, and Angelina Love. Lacey Von Erich was the worst, and Angelina Love was solid. Velvet Sky was basic. Okay, I mean, it's just like I think that's the whole. That was the whole point I was getting to. It was like looking at, especially like their later matches in Impact. Oh, they were bad. Later is like, they oh were my bad. goodness, what happened? Like I didn't, I didn't, I never thought a wrestler could get worse over time until I saw Velvet Sky's comeback. Yeah, and and you know we're not judging. No. Uh, we're not judging about that. It's just like you know because age happens age is gonna happen to everybody yeah um, look at even marie time, some people do not and then that's totally okay oh we forgot about um, something what piper niven debuted on raw as even marie's heavy oh yeah i saw that yeah even marie looked good i'm sorry she like, her, looked but here's, wrestling wise didn't see her but um she, outfit wise she looked great yeah she you can tell she's aged though as you said um and a lot of people, once again, social media coming out and just trying to body shame Piper Niven. Wrestlers come in all shapes and sizes. If you guys don't know that right now, then you shouldn't be watching wrestling. Yeah, and I'm sorry, fella, and I'm sorry, sorry, kids, but like I said, this isn't 2004 anymore. We're not going to get, um, if you're looking for playboy models that just happen to wrestle you're not gonna find it wwe anymore right so deal with it so after the match Take that information as you will after the match miro uh, comes out and defends penelope's honor even though she's not even getting attacked by the varsity blondes and this is quite and this is quite and, and if i was penelope ford i'd be pissed because you're looking at the guy who destroyed your husband and put him in a hospital. <laughs> and, he, and and he comes out and attacks Griff Garrison and Brian, and then he brawls with Brian Pillman Jr. leading up to a, to a TNT title match. So you have Vicky Guerrero um, getting authority from Tony Khan. Um, Bringing to Britt Baker's attention that they're going to be attack that they're going to be in a tag match with Rebel and Nyla Rose, uh, respectively. So, uh, six, 
Trios. That's a weird, that's a weird combo. Right. The best match of the night was the main event. Trios match. Penta, Eddie Kingston, and Frankie freaking Kazarian. And I'll get to him later. Taking on Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers, also known as Team Go Away Heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely Team Go Away Heat. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> also known as Go Away Elite. Oh man. Yeah, right. Go, go, away. Go, go away, away Elite. elite. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Uh, yeah. So Penta, Penta, Penta did Penta things. Eddie Kingston did Eddie Kingston things. The Good yep. Brothers, for the lack of a better term, were okay in this match. They didn't do things that made me cringe. World, The world's okayest tag team. World's okayest tag team. And Matt Jackson did... Matt Jackson was fine for what it, for what it was. But <laughs> one... One guy... One guy that I was surprised... That surprises me all the time, but I'm sort of disappointed in is Frankie Kazarian. He is dubbed himself the Elite Hunter. Okay. And he lost. Thank you, Shenanigans, Nick Jackson. Oh, man. That just fucking made my brain hurt. Yeah, because, you know, the Young Bucks broke up SEU, and then Frankie Kazarian wants revenge because old, old man holds on grudges. And, uh, yeah. But dude's 44 years old, and he's in great shape. But Hulk, he is. And, I, mean, I didn't even realize he was 44 years old. Yeah, and he still wrestles like I seen him back in Impact. Like, like homeboy, I don't, like, I want to see his workout plan. Yeah, right? Like, C- CPC, did you watch any of this? Like, what are your takes on Kazarian? I mean, Kazarian has been Kazarian for a while, and he, I think he's found a fountain of youth. Agreed. Especially if he can still grow a full head of hair. Right. So, um, the match was good for what it was. The, 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 I mean... The match in itself was fine, but when you like look into the actual storylines that involve this match, it's like, when does Kazarian get retribution? Right. <laughs> what does he get out of this? Yeah, it's like, what? Wh- where's the blow off here? Yeah. So, all in all, Dynamite was meh. But if you have to, but if if we're picking shows between um, AEW, NXT, and Impact, I go NXT. NXT this was week. A, I would definitely go NXT as well. It's, yeah. It was definitely, and also any show that's out, that comes after a pay per view always comes out well anyway. Huh. True for some. To a degree. Right. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know you guys are wondering, like, oh, you guys haven't talked about NWA and all the stuff that they're doing. We will add, we will include NWA into our uh, reviews for this week in wrestling uh, next week. 
because we actually need to watch the shows. Yeah. So, which leads <laughs> us to our one final note. Not one final beat. One final note. Um, we have a topic here. Okay. WWE hates tag teams. Yes. AEW loves tag teams. Also, yes. WWE has a lot of talent with only two factions. They actually one faction now. They split up one, and now they have a whole bunch of people on the card with nothing to do, and you rarely see them. AEW has what five or six, and they have so many people. They just they just like okay, we're gonna have everybody on the card. For no reason. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, which is the lesser out of two evils? Um, personally, me. Um, I'm just simply because it's me and I like tag teams. And I am really miffed off for the way the E is treating tag teams. I don't mind mixed match tag teams every once in a while, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, I'm trying to think and find words at the same time. It is... Well, I wasn't talking about tag teams. I was talking mainly in regards to how WWE and AEW use their talents. Oh, I mean, I would rather that everybody would get the opportunity to work, not just the, you know, I, th- that's simply because I like seeing new people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like seeing the same 10 people over and over again. <laughs> Sorry, I, I hope that helps. On it, okay, uh, CPC? It's a catch-22, because WWE, yes, they tend to overshadow or, yeah, overlook their tag teams. But at the same time, they don't have a plethora of tag teams like other companies do. In fact, they've gone to making tag teams. Right. Competitors. So I think that if you like that's the kind of thing that's the reason why I kind of like the fact that AEW is out now or is is here because if you like flippy stuff and tag teams go watch AEW for a little bit but if you want to see a heavy hitting fight with drama go watch WWE mhm okay that makes sense honestly I do like having tag teams in wrestling I think it's uh, an art that has been overshadowed for far too long and you know, it really it, it really does bring more depth into wrestling instead of having rematches every week. Um, I think having a wide variety of tag teams is good because it keeps the competition strong. Uh, but when it comes to factions, you know, qu- quality over quantity, guys. Like, just cut some people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you don't, like AEW doesn't need a whole bunch of a whole bunch of talent because it, it uh, in one faction like it, it's unnecessary. 
because if you have a, it's it's kind of like crash course attitude era where you have the job squad, the Los Barricos, DOA. It didn't work then, and it's not working now. Everybody's in a faction. Yeah. No. It's just like it becomes the norm, and I think it like so, factions are supposed to help people, not devalue them. Exactly. That's all I'm saying, and it's doing more harm than good in this aspect, because like out of all the factions in AEW, name me one guy that benefited besides Brian Cage. Sammy Guevara. Well, Sammy Guevara now. I agree yes. to that. Wardlow, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you, but what about Chris Jericho? I respectfully Jer- disagree. I respectfully <laughs> disagree. And everybody's like, oh, what about Jericho? Jericho was champ before he formed a faction. Yeah, right? You know, and... The only reason why he formed the faction was basically to build up the people that are there. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can throw in Brody Lee. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. But I mean, no one's making it out of the bet. I mean, yeah, Orange, Orange Cassidy, but that was a trio. That wasn't a faction yet. Well, and my thing is, I think, I think you have it the other way around with Brody Lee. I think, I think the faction was made better with Brody Lee. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why I didn't bring that up either because Brody Lee made that faction. Yes, you know, and I think he made he made that faction for the same reason that Chris Jericho made his faction. Yeah, it was let me get let me get a bunch of talented people who normally would not have a chance. Let me put myself behind it yep. and bring up these other folks who I feel deserve the time and the the time and the energy and the tutelage tutelage tutelage. tutelage. I, like honestly, yeah. I I mean now that I think about it, Brian Cage was FTW champion before Team Taz, so I I it might be just Sammy Guevara now. I think so. I mean, and of and I I've said it when we did our review, and I still stand by it. Sammy basically carried the end of the Stadium Stampede match. Oh, absolutely. I mean. The guy just, he just knew how, both he and Sean Spears just knew how to work together Uh to take care of that and to handle that. And they handled it just exquisitely. So, would I like to see Sammy Guevara eventually go on his own? I do. Do I see him going off in a heelish direction? I don't, but I'm, you know... But then again, I I don't really see it for right now. Uh, would I like eventually to see him go off with Jericho's blessing? Absolutely. Yeah. And people are like, oh, what about John Silver? I'm like, well, John Silver is popular, but I wouldn't say, like, he's a big deal. No, I mean, he's like, he's. John Silver and especially Stu Grayson, even Stu Grayson was a low on the radar kind of a thing. Right. Sorry. 
But anyway. But yeah, that is our um, that's our main event, guys, and that concludes this edition of the Wrestling Alliance podcast tackle drop down. And uh, we will catch you the next time we do this. So that'll be a three sweet, and we are out. Have a great Father's Day, everybody.